Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Hey, hey, listeners at Tradies in Business. I feel like I'm about to do the, uh, what's the guy from... Uh, the Simpsons that reads the news, <laughs> Kent Brockman. That's no. him. Yeah. It is, I'm sure. I'm going to Google now while you keep filling in there. You might remember me from other podcasts like Friday's Business Show. We won't talk about what this used to be called. No, come on. <laughs> the the show Brockman. formerly known as. <laughs> um, but we were just chatting, Coxie. Welcome, Nicole. Gee, thanks, your- Warwick. To your podcast. <laughs> talking about your podcast before to, I was your co-host is a little bit like talking about your ex-girlfriend to your wife. It's just not something you do. I do that all the time. Does that explain why my wife is usually shitty with me? No. <laughs> Except that she's not. Of course she isn't. But yes, that'd be the explanation for that. Isn't that a tricky thing though? Like we all have a past and lots hmm. of us have past stories that are maybe a little colourful or perhaps a little undesirable and yet for some of us many of us those things just follow us around like a cloud of flies following a turd or just some baggage all that too yeah i I used to joke when when my beautiful wife and i met uh almost five years ago now Mm -hmm. um i used to talk about my past which has a few there's, there's a number of suitcases. I think I collected the whole set. You know how you go to Meyer or somewhere and <laughs> they have like the, the pack of suitcases. You get the big one, the middle size one, and the little one, and then there's the toiletries bag. Well, I reckon I collected the whole set. Um, <laughs> but I used to joke about the fact that my baggage was more akin to going out on the road and finding a stinky old roux that you know, got hit by a truck and was really on the nose and I've just dragged that into the lounge room and gone, Hey, there's my past. Uh, can you help me clean this mess up? That's kind of what, what my, uh, my change of life was like, Coxie. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's uncommon in, in second marriages. I'm, I'm being very respectful here. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would have been fine if it was my second. Yeah. I know. Okay. Well, I was trying not to go in there. Hey, I'm not proud of my, my number of marriages, but it's a long and complicated Last. story that we are not going into this morning. We should one day. That could be dealt with with humour, I'm sure. <laughs> but we did work out that as, as best as we can see, listeners, this is Australia's longest running trade business focused podcast. That was a mouthful. Well, that was a mouthful. We're coming there- up to six years, Nicole. And are there any others that are co-host by a lady, specifically a builder's wife, the builder's wife? <laughs> That's a huge claim to fame, Cox. It is, it is a big claim to fame. In my own right, in my own office where nobody else really knows where I am, nor do they give a damn. Yeah, and it's a Friday. So in case you couldn't tell by the additional length to Woz's weekly waffle or waffle with Woz... <laughs> Um, co-supported and enabled by uh, the lovely Nicole Cox. (laughs) So you're just an enabler. Um, Can be. We we are doing a Friday episode because it's Friday. And we literally had this conversation in my kitchen uh, a couple of years ago 
where I was like, what are we going to talk about on the podcast today? And we we're having a bit of a rant about stuff. And I said, fuck it. It's Friday. Let's just talk about whatever. And so, fuck it, Friday episodes were born. There's, there's a bit of uh, history for you, listeners. History lesson. Get out your slates and your chalk. <laughs> and you probably don't give a shit about that, listeners, and uh, you would be forgiven for that. And I, I want to roll into what we're probably going to rant about this morning, Coxie, which is exactly that, is does anybody actually give a fuck about anybody else anymore? I don't think so. Not after our experiences this week. <laughs> We've Whether had some pretty trying experience. I care about you though. So I was one of the first things I wanted to do on the podcast this morning was publicly thank you for your assistance this week. <laughs> we went off track yet again with our daily podcast. Uh, my oh dad my had gosh. some heart stuff going on and had to go in and have some pretty serious uh, tests and um, potentially some surgery. And you just jump right in with your boots on and got to work and pushed me to the side and said, go and take some time off and sort this rubbish out. I think I actually swore at you at one point this you week. Did. And said, you did. Off and go and deal with your personal stuff. Exactly. <laughs> and let me make an absolute balls up of the Facebook Live on Wednesday afternoon <laughs> and do it on my personal profile instead of the group. Oh, my gosh. I was ready to send Zuckerberg a handwritten letter. I think we should just the same. <laughs> you know what? He wouldn't care. Yeah, because he doesn't give a shit about us. But my go. point is, you care about me. You cared about my dad. You stepped up and helped me. But I feel like everybody else, other than my close family, couldn't give a shit about what's going on for us at the minute. No. Couldn't care less. And I, I suspect there's some listeners uh, that would care if they knew. Yeah, of course. Um, and we, you know, we don't make a habit of publicly airing our stinky laundry or roadkill in the lounge room. Um, <laughs> no. Because a lot of people do that a bit too much, I think. And it gets a bit willing over time. Um, but thank you, Coxie. And look, you did the same for me, obviously, in, um, back in August, which seems like just yesterday uh, and yet so long ago that my dad <laughs> um, actually passed. And uh, you stepped in and, and gave me some space. But I feel like, look, I do see examples of wonderful human nature still in 2020 and in COVID times, uh, I had a lovely chat with the Woolworths delivery man this morning uh, <laughs> when he dropped off my groceries. He was very happy to talk to me all about the political ills here in Tasmania and why the travel voucher scheme is so flawed and um, the cost of living and all sorts of stuff. I mean, I think a lot of it is just people, people like to have a way to get shit off their liver. Mm. Uh, and I must look like the sort of guy that gives a shit because lots of people do that with me. And I think that's kind of the point, Coxie, is, you know, I stood there for probably 10 minutes while this guy, he didn't go on a, a wild rant, but he just, he obviously felt like I cared. Uh, and so he expressed a whole bunch of stuff to me. It, it's an interesting point that you make. However, when do you know if somebody cares and when they don't? Because I thought couple of people cared about us this week and it turns out they didn't i was i was pondering this coxie and listeners i reckon there's a really easy way to tell if someone cares about you gives a shit uh you know however you want to frame that and it's by their actions it's by their time and i guess it 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 kind of relates to the the woolies delivery guy uh i gave him some time Mm. and that is one of the most 
telltale ways to know if somebody cares or concerns themselves with you, gives a shit, um, is whether they're willing to take time because time nowadays seems to be our ultimate currency. Like it's the thing we value the most is our time. Agreed. And to give time to somebody, I think is such a powerful way to say, I care about you. And we feel like we've probably been let down by some people in the last couple of weeks um, because of a, well, we're not seeing much time given. Uh, any. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I, I, um, I was actually thinking about this this morning, quite early this morning, which is usually when I get up and I know you do too, Coxie. And uh, I was making my first coffee for the day at about 2am. No, I'm only kidding. Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm going camping this weekend with my, my little girl, my soon to be nine year old daughter and, and my beautiful sixth wife. I uh, know actually it's not that many, <laughs> but um, there's been some shenanigans around the pickup drop off scenario with, with my daughter and my ex-wife, which is not unusual for people. And I had a heart to heart with my ex-wife a little while ago. And, you know, after my dad died, it was like, you know what, I just got to go share some stuff and, and really just ask for a bit more care a bit more consideration of, you know, I don't see my daughter very often despite moving 2000 kilometers South to go and live half an hour away. And I still don't really get much access. Um, and you know, there was lots of things said over a coffee, but you know, nearly eight weeks later, some six weeks later, there hasn't been any action around it. There's been Mm. no change in action to show me that, there is any authenticity behind the words. And I, I see that with a lot of businesses, sadly, they say lots of things either in their marketing or their sales spiels, you know, they're, they're, they say all the right things when they sign you up uh, to a program or whatever. And then the actions kind of tell you what's really going on. Mm. And I, I guess listeners, I want to say to you on a, although this is a fuck it Friday episode and I'll probably get back on my ranty horse in a second after Coxie has a go. Um, it's like the, it's like the buck and bull at the pub, you know, everyone gets to have a ride, uh, who's game enough. Anyway, we won't go there. Can't do that anymore. COVID. I'm not even going to help you with this one. You dug that <laughs> hole. You find but, um, yeah, there's, uh, there's, a lot to be said for being careful about what you say and backing it up with actions. And if you're going to say all this great stuff in your marketing, uh, if you're going to say all this stuff in the sales appointment and we do this and we do that and we care about you in these ways and this is our intention and this is how we're going to support you. And then hang on, listen, did you hear the crickets? Can you put them in? Can you get some cricket sound effects and put them in, please? <laughs> uh, so if you heard crickets just then, you know that I found a cricket sound to edit. <laughs> and if you didn't, you know that I couldn't be fucked. You didn't Because so, I don't care about you anyway. <laughs> uh, but the actions just don't match, Coxie. And we've seen that this week. It's like, come on. You said this. Can, and now you yeah. Did that. 
I'd like to reassure the listeners you don't have to have all the answers. It's okay not to have the answers. And one of our problems at the moment probably doesn't have an answer from the professional we would like a little bit of assistance from. But do you know what? I want to be heard and I want to feel like my frustrations around this are valid and I just want to be told, I'm really sorry, I don't have an answer, but I'm going to help you to find one. You've promised me a solution. You haven't found a solution. I don't even feel like I'm getting a pat on the back or a there, there, it's going to be okay. That'd do at this point something rather than just crickets. And you can do that in your trade business by simply saying, I'm sorry, I don't have a solution, but I will do my best to help you find one. There, Stuff comes up, stuff happens. There's ways in which we make a mistake. We might not have a solution for that mistake, but there's always a way in which you can make people feel heard and validated, which shows that you care. It's really, really simple. If you were to have an argument with your husband or your wife and you just ignore them and they just, they're not going to stop ranting until they figure out you don't care enough for them to rant at in the first place. But you don't just ignore them. You don't just, oh, gosh, you not even make a You off onto your sister-in-law and say, here, talk to her. <laughs> She'll sort it out. No, you don't. You, you take a minute to care. You take a minute to hear what they're saying. You might not agree with it. You might not have a solution for it, but you take the time to care enough to listen. And I would just like to be heard this week. And I don't feel like we're getting heard this week, Warwick. You had an interesting experience on the weekend. <laughs> I wonder if you were get all make me now. talk about that or not. I thought, <laughs> oh, I'll leave it alone because it's a trade business. But uh, I got fucked over by a trade business. And that really disappoints me because, um, you know, coming up six years of, of producing this podcast, uh, you know, more than 450 episodes, the website, our community with nearly 2000 tradies in it, the hours and hours and hours that you put in behind you and I put in behind the scenes and the extra time we put in with people because we really do care. And I hope if you're one of our members and, and uh, you know, premium members that you feel that from us. And if you don't, then we always want to hear from you. If you, mm-hmm. You know, if you have some critical feedback, we care enough to, to receive that from you. Mm. Um, but I had some work done to my, my beloved jalopy uh, <laughs> on the weekend. And it's a very minor thing. Like I got a wheel alignment for goodness sakes. Um, I'd previously had, I've had the front, for those that know car stuff, I've just had the whole front diff and axle and everything all rebuilt, brought back to spec. You know, this thing is a resto project. Um, and I took it for a $65 wheel alignment after the work to a different mechanic, to a big chain store mechanic, which I almost never do. Um, and sure enough, I got fucked over. The job was shithouse. Um, it, it wasn't done in the time frame they said. And not only that, but they've broken my bloody key fob, which is going to cost me money to replace. And the time of me stuffing around, ordering a new fob, reprogramming that to the immobilizer alarm system. And I sound like a whinging old bastard. And it just, it grinds my gears, Coxie, because that same business will probably lament the tough conditions out there in the marketplace and how fickle customers are. And they would be the same business. It'll bitch and moan about a two-star review, which I did not do, by the way and I won't be giving them a one-star review. Um, now, the service manager did what he could, and I, and I really respected him because it wasn't his fault. Um, he offered to do it at no charge, and I declined, and I said, just, just halve the bill to cover the cost of a new fob. Uh, 
but he's not going to be able to get me a new fob and do all the work. I've got to do that myself. I don't want to araldite the thing up because it's not going to work. It's a key fob. You can't araldite the damn things. And it just, it disappoints me because it's really going to affect that business. I'm never going back there. And we have two cars and my wife's car needs work done and tires. You know, it's $2,000 every time I put a set of tires on my, my four wheel drive because I'm an enthusiast and they won't be getting my business next time. So what would have made you happy? Oh, you know what? What would have made me happy is, is if I got a phone call the next day or on the Monday, because this was a Saturday morning and they were busy and that's cool. I get it. But if the franchise owner, the franchisee, right, had just picked up the telephone and said, Hey Warwick, look, Bob, the service manager told me what happened on Saturday morning. Mate, I just wanted to ring and personally apologize. Um, I know we can't do the work with the fob and everything else, but mate, next wheel alignment is on us. Um, do you have another car? Like just we, we want to, we want to make it good. Mm. Um, can I help you with the replacement of the fob or anything else? And I would have felt like he gave a shit. Coxie. Yes. Yeah. But I actually drove away thinking apart from the service manager who did his best, I felt like that business as an inanimate thing doesn't give a fuck about me and my money. Mm. And therefore, I'm not going to give a shit about them. If anybody asks me where to go for anything in my town that relates to my car, they will be at the bottom of the list. And that will be a forever decision. Mm. And that is, that is, I think, every customer's attitude is you burn a customer and most people will be a forever no. Some people will proactively rag you out online, which... I also don't agree with, and that's why I'm not doing the one-star review thing because I think that's piss poor. Um, but in terms of my dollar and my choice as a consumer, um, that's a, that's, that'll be a lifetime no for me. Hashtag nope for that business. So when is an appropriate time to leave a poor review? I have a problem with one-star reviews, Coxie. I think that's a bit like a toddler stamping their feet. So what if you've taken it to the business and asked for a solution or a resolution to an issue at hand and they flat out refuse to give you one because they're not taking ownership of where they're at? What's left? Well, that's the thing. I reckon, I reckon the one-star review is the, the kangaroo court of, uh, of, you know, the capitalist world. Um, for those that don't know what a kangaroo court is, you're going to have to go Google that. Um, I'm showing my age here. But uh, I reckon... It's, it's probably our, our last available option as consumers, particularly in, you know, smaller transactions perhaps, I guess. Yeah. The problem I have with it is everyone's got their own um, spectrum of when it's appropriate to leave a ranty one-star review about a business. And I've read some online about businesses where they didn't get a steak knife with their meal and they leave a one-star review. I'm like, Really? You like you're losing your shit about that. Did you ask for a steak knife? And maybe they'd run out. And so fucking what? Like, is that the biggest thing? And look, there could be people out there doing the same about me with my key fob, Coxie. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't care so much about the key fob. It's twenty bucks. He knocked that off the bill for me, which is we agreed on the spot. I said, "Hey, mate, just knock twenty bucks off. I can order another fob, and I'll sort it out myself. You guys will fuck it up anyway. So I'll just do it myself." Um. 
that's not the big deal for me. It's because it's a trade business and I know how hard it is for trade businesses, whether it's auto industry or construction based. And you and I hear the, the business owners talking about how tough it is and how hard it is with customers and the price focused customers that are out there and the cowboys that are undercutting them. And I think, and then this shit happens in a branch. Like this is a national franchise Coxie. They should know better. They should be training their staff better. They should have better systems than that. And they don't. And I just think you're letting yourselves down here, guys and girls. That's what really frustrates me about those experiences with trade businesses. It certainly got very ranty, Warwick. <laughs> the one-star review thing to answer your question is I poke my finger down the lens here, Coxie. <laughs> um, I, 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 the only company I've left a one-star review for was Telstra. I have never left a one-star review, but I have left some feedback taking ownership of my situation and i actually think it's important i i don't agree with you on this one i think that yes there are windows out there or you know what i I don't even know if that's the right thing to say to my mind the way i read them some of them are very trivial but to those persons on those days they're quite important i can remember being horrendously embarrassed and this might be something you can relate to too but my dad uh when we went out to dinner and my dad's a lovely, lovely man, but he can, he's, he's an assertive man. And we would go out to dinner, I don't know, maybe twice a year. It was really rare. We weren't a particularly financial family. We were a trade family. We had our own business. There was some pretty hard times in the 80s and 90s. And I can recall going out to dinner specifically one night that my brother and I still talk about all these years later to a Chinese restaurant and the food wasn't good enough and my father sent it back. I was never so embarrassed. Now, to anybody else sitting around us, that might have been really trivial, whatever the issue was. And I don't remember what the issue was. But I now realise as a parent how bloody hard my dad had to work to afford that bonus of going out to dinner and then how heartbreakingly disappointing it was to get a meal that in his opinion was substandard. Mm. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure if it's fair to me for me to make a judgment call on somebody being a whinger because they didn't get a steak knife. Perhaps they um, worked really freaking hard to get that opportunity and then they felt let down by something that went wrong. I know personally I can share an experience. I stayed at a very large change of a chain of hotels at the beginning of the year with my husband for a weekend. Now we always stay at this particular chain because we've always been greeted with perfect customer service. And that customer service to me, we pay a lot of money to stay there and we do so because we like the way they make us feel. Good morning, Mr. and Mrs. Cox. It's lovely to see you. Can we fetch you the paper or just hello or um, how was your day today if we're returning? Actually taking the time to take an interest in who we are and what we do remembering we're regulars at this place. We stay there a couple of times a year for that service. Well, this time there was none of that service. It was dreadful. It was horrendous. We didn't receive our complimentary parking. When we, when the car was bought up, and I have a very expensive car, it, somebody had stuffed with my stereo and it was blaring when we turned the car on. I was so pissed off um, because I felt violated by that. Now, these are really trivial things. I'm sure to the 20-year-old fellow that brought the car up, it was trivial to him that I would be upset that the radio station had be changed and the volume was screaming at me when I got in my car and I was kind of personally offended that he hadn't ironed his shirt. But 
my point is to me, this means a lot that these, I arrive at that hotel with the expectation of the service I've always had. So these small trivial things actually, they worked up to me sending the administration an email and letting them know I was less than satisfied. And to their credit, they handled it perfectly. Um, they have fixed the situation. They've gone above and beyond to ensure that it won't happen again. I have been told of the training that they've put in place. Like they constantly kept in touch with me over the next month or so to let me know how they'd rectified the situation. That's huge effort they went to. It made me feel like, you know what, that was just a blip on the radar. I do actually want to go back there again. But again, I just want to probably reflect that sometimes as business owners, we can see complaint as being quite trivial but to the homeowner, to the person we're servicing, they can be a really big thing. Yeah. It's not for us to determine what's trivial and what isn't. It's up to us as business owners to take ownership over what they're upset about and try and make it better. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, Coxie. Um, it's, a, it's a tricky one because, as you say, you know, like in August my dad died and things that would never bother me before either not just from an anger point of view but from an upsetting me point of view or stuff that i found it hard to cope with in general life suddenly became really difficult and that's why i took some extended leave because i just found it actually quite challenging to move through life in general because stuff just really knocked me off my my track and we don't know as business owners if someone's going through something like that you know, it could have been the loss of a, of a loved one or a pet or maybe they just found out some bad news or perhaps their business just went under or they lost their job or their kid just got diagnosed with something horrible. Maybe they're just fucking tired mm. uh, <laughs> and they just dropped their guard and they gave you a one-star review because on that day, the steak knife was just the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Um, me personally, I don't like to do it because... I've been in business for 20 odd years and I know how damaging that is to a business. And so I'm always reluctant to do that. I will go and try and speak to someone of authority first before I'll just basically, you know, secretly leave them a shit review and damage their business because those things don't get taken down and that's there forever. Mm. Uh, and I know how the lasting impact of that. And I also agree with you, Coxie, that, if the other avenues aren't there and, you know, no one in authority gave a toss or gave me the opportunity to actually give some feedback, then it's like, well, you kind of leave me no choice. I'm going to give you a shit review because mm. that's the mechanism we have these days. Um, yeah. As a business owner, I don't enjoy the star rating. I think it just should be recommended or not. And I, again, I, I would like to reflect back to how important it is to answer those reviews that are less than favorable as a business owner and address the issue at hand so that everybody can see how you address that issue. Um, I'm not sure. I would never leave a one-star review. I might leave a, a three or a four and just say, hey, this is my issue. I think a five is for if you don't have an issue. If you're happy, you get a five. From me, I'm pretty willy-nilly with my fives and my tens. You'll get one. If I've got an issue, I'll try talking to you about it first if that doesn't work. If I don't feel like I was even heard, um, you might get a four and a, a bit of a, well, this was my disappointment on the day. Yeah. This was my experience and that's how I talk about it. But it's really easy for me to say that because we are business owners. We understand the impact right. that can have. Consumers generally don't. 
That's right. So I feel like to, to circle back for Tom's benefit and uh, stay true to my label of the great grey shark. I don't know if I like that one, Coxie. <laughs> it makes you, me sound a bit... You lean into uh, it. A bit sneaky and, uh, you know, bite you. Uh, it's probably not too untrue. Anyway, Mike's wife would agree. Um, coming back around to, does anybody actually give a shit about anybody else anymore? That was my exasperated throwing my hands in the air question this morning. Um, I'm going to turn this into what we do here at the podcast, which is for you listening to this, take this on board and take the opportunity to have a look at your own actions. Do your actions reflect your words? Do you talk it up at the start or at some stage of the relationship, either with customers or anybody else in your life? But then do you maybe drop the ball for whatever reasons? And, and you, you will have your reasons. They're also called excuses um, for not following through with those actions. Uh, just be mindful of how damaging that can be to the relationship and how it can expose you to one-star reviews or... Um, slagging on social media or, you know, you, you, you see um, community groups and stuff. It's like, oh, can anybody, anybody recommend uh, someone to do something at my house? And you'll inevitably see all the tags. It's like, oh, this guy was pretty good. You know, I used him last week. And someone will hop on that comment who's had a bad experience with, you know, Bob the Builder and go, Bob the Builder, don't use that guy. He's a fucking shark. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Bob, what did you do to get someone that pissed that they're publicly attacking you and just cost you some business, buddy? Mm. Uh, and everyone who sees that post is now like, oh, there's doubt in their mind. That's all mm. it takes. There's just a bit of doubt in their mind. And now you've got to bust your ass and probably complain about how marketing doesn't work and how customers are really fickle. And I'm like, uh, have you looked in the mirror lately, Bob? Maybe it's you. <laughs> I'm just going to go find a mirror, Coxie, because as I said that, I thought maybe I need to look in the mirror. Maybe they broke my key because I was an asshole. <laughs> maybe, maybe they did break your key because you were an asshole. Maybe, maybe the mechanics just had a bad experience with someone who drives a, a four-wheel drive like mine and he made a judgment and stereotype thing and went, oh, yeah, another one of these blokes. Doesn't matter. That leads into another podcast. <laughs> so... Are we wrapping this one up, Coxie? I think so. I think we should put a bow on it. I think you've really vented. I'm sure you're feeling better. If you're not too bad, so sad. I don't care enough don't to be bothered to listen anyway. anymore. <laughs> you're sick of listening to my shit. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you to our listeners for tuning in and continuing to support the podcast. We are coming up to six years uh, on the airwaves. Um, we should have a birthday party. Yes, we missed the fifth one. Uh, yeah. So we'll celebrate the sixth. It's a better number anyway. Like, I like even numbers. <laughs> um, so we really do appreciate you listening. Something we appreciate even more is when you do actually engage in conversation with us. Mm. Even though this is a one-way broadcast medium, we love, with a capital L, actually we love hearing from our podcast <laughs> listeners. No, we don't. Can you get some Barry White music now? Throw it in this part of the podcast. You can love your pet, but don't love your pet. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Please don't love your pet. Yeah, and don't love your podcast hosts either. Just love us. Love (laughs) us by giving us some feedback. Uh, We're on a bit of a 
we're on a hunt for more reviews as well at the moment. Uh, we're practicing what we preach here at Tradies in Business and actually beefing up our Google game. So uh, keep an eye out. We'll probably throw a link up here and there when Woz figures out which is the correct one uh, <laughs> to get some more Google reviews from you. Um, and you can still go and leave us a review on iTunes for the podcast. Um, if you are an avid podcast listener and you happen to be on the iTunes platform, drop us a review. We, we love five stars, but you know what? We read them. Um, we keep an eye on them. And if we get a, a crap one, then we'll take the feedback on board uh, and you know we'll get rid of the great grey shark if we have to. <laughs> We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Probably said it in an American accent as Roy Schneider instead of was. So yeah. thanks for tuning in on a Friday. Hopefully you're having a cracker. Uh, I'm going to drink a shitload more coffee and um, go hit the, uh, the campground for a few days with my little family. And uh, we'll be back next week with some more eps. Hooray. Hooray. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.